Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Mega Pickles. I'm your host, Chris, along with my dilly friend, Mr. Canada Explorer Light, Bruce Dorn. Uh, Pop that top, yeah, Brucey. I'm feeling, feeling crispy and uh, re- ready, ready to add uh, a certain spice to whatever uh, conversational rabbit hole we go down. Uh, well, regardless of the rabbit hole, I do relish time with yeah, you. Man, we're running out of, of <laughs> cliches, pickle-related cliches. Oh, uh, we are, aren't we? To recycle <laughs> or change our name. Hey, um, Bruce, we we recently talked about a uh, uh, a story that you did, uh, not a story that you did, but images that you did for a story that was published in the June-July issue of the American Quarter Horse Journal. But today, we're going to be talking about a job that we both did. In fact, I, I should we should also say uh, we we need to include Stevie in this mm-hmm. as well. He's our third pickle. That he he stays in the jar most of the time, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't come out of the jar that much. Yeah, he's more like a pickled mushroom cap. You know, he's kind of like <laughs> we keep him in the dark and uh, feed him manure. And uh, <laughs> but he in the end he's pickled. Yes. Yes, he is. He, yeah. He, so, so we we had a, a, an exciting couple of days, and uh, we needed oh. we needed uh, some drone work, and so uh, Stevie came along and and did drone and gimbal stuff. And tell tell us about it, Chris. You take the helm. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, American Quarter Horse. Um, bestows the best remuda winner on a ranch that has working horses uh, once a year and this year that award was granted to uh, was bestowed upon the ORO ranch in northern Arizona just up the way from you about yeah. what 45 minutes uh, to yeah. the north of Prescott there yeah you go out the paved road until it stops being paved and then you go another 20 minutes and you turn left at the sleeping coyote and then you go another 20 minutes and <laughs> pass the dry wash that didn't dry and turn left at the bush and you come up to these magnificent gates what a place what a place this was is yeah absolutely stunning it it was the first time that i've ever uh, been on this ranch I've been you know as a as a assignment photographer for american quarter horse i've been on numerous ranches with them and I've had the opportunity to ride with um, some some extremely talented uh, individuals, you know, cowboys, cowgirls, um, and you know, I, I I I have to be very clear that um, we go out on behalf of the horses as well, because without the horse, a lot of these jobs aren't getting done, and um, and that's why this award is given is uh, is because of these horses and. These were some extremely well-built horses. Um, our days were were pretty were pretty insane, were they not? Yeah, Bruce? yeah. Uh, I was shocked that uh, there was a three in the morning as well as three in the afternoon. Honestly, that's first I heard about <laughs> that. But uh, we had to be up and out there when the guys were gathering uh, the horses oh I, there was a, they had quite a process okay i'm gonna say it's a huge place it's um 
one one of isn't it one of the original Spanish uh, land grants? What they called a baca float yep. was a term I heard. Baca float. Yeah. Yep, that's right. And there was some land from New Mexico that was traded for this land. It is very very big. I've been told it's bad form to talk about the size of a ranch, but this ranch is very very big, and. Uh, Seemed to me like the horses had been bred on site and very specific to this terrain. It was like cobbles everywhere. There was plenty of stuff to graze on, but it had plenty of rocks. Yeah, the there is a number of unique things about this particular ranch. Um while you know, while we describe cowboy code across a Western industry, not everybody follows the same cowboy code. You know, there's there's definitely nuances for each outfit that you go on, and a couple of those things here on the ORO is when they bring in their horses and rope them out of the remuda. They're um, you know, the senior cowboys are roping them out. They're using a hula hand, of course, to, to rope the horses out of there. And once they get them all strung up, then, uh, then the senior cowboy calls for the horses. And in return, um, the, uh, the other hands start calling out the horses names that they want to use. Now, the terrain on this particular ranch is, is pretty unforgiving. And, um, it is darn near everywhere you step, you're stepping on a rock. The geology of this of this particular outfit has been that way for well, it's been that way forever. Um, there are books written about it back in the 30s um, that describe the the unforgiving terrain. Um, the current ranch manager Jed Rourke, I think he said it best when he described when their horses are born. Um, from the second they hit the ground, they hit a rock. Uh, yeah. And this yeah. this particular outfit, you know, doesn't produce a lot of horses that they push out for sale. Um, they use their horses. They're not uh, while while they do breed their own horses. They're not a big outfit that turns around and sells their horses because their folks need to use the horses. Now, going up, you know, I, I could take, we're flatlanders where we live on our ranch. You know, when we go out and we help Hadley or Shane or somebody um, gather cows, you know, we're riding flatland. We're not riding up in rocks. We're not riding in mountainous terrain. You know, if we are to take one of our horses and put it out there in that environment, likely that the horse wouldn't survive. Um so to that extent, when I was riding with them, um, going back to what you said, Bruce, you know, we, we had to be out there by three in the morning. So we're up at two in the morning and uh, we're up at what we call the wagon and the light isn't even breaking the horizon mm -hmm. yet. You know, there's, you know, your morning stars are still out. You can barely get a hint across the horizon, but by four o'clock in the morning, they have the horses roped out um, by 4 30 um you're you're saddled up and that's probably being liberal mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. giving you a half hour uh i i think if i look back at my camera i was i was up on i was a uh, horseback by probably 4 15 4 20 mm -hmm. and we were out in the jig line by you know 4 30 in the morning and then it's you're trotting your way out and you start climbing the canyons now 
I guess we should also say, Bruce, um, you know, the article, the story about the RO hasn't been published yet. So, you know, we can't share any images with you, but, you know, it is publicly known that the ORO, you know, has been awarded. Um, so we're talking about our experience with them. And, and of course, once the, uh, uh, once the story is published in a later, version um, of the American Quarter Horse Journal, then we'll be sure to share the images on our social media page as well. But uh, yeah, we're, we're out there first. Let's, let's talk about our first day. Uh, well, first day, <laughs> our first day started at three in the morning yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, by four 30 um, myself and Richard Chamberlain, the writer of the um, story, uh, was out in the jig line with, uh, with the cowboys. And the jig line is in order of seniority, those, uh, on the ranch. And, you know, you, you, you follow up until the point that, um, you know, that particular cowboy who has that, who is responsible for the piece of land that we're on, um, assigns you, you know, a certain area to maintain until we're down to the last few. Mm -hmm. And then, um, for example, myself, Rich, and Jed made it to the top and uh, to the top of this canyon. And then we rode down, bringing the cows with us. One of those um, one of those other unique things about this ranch is that their cows aren't wintered or summered. Their cows remain in the area that they're, uh, that they're in where most people will flip flop and, you know, uh, winter and summer their cows. But, um, by, oh shoot, Bruce, I think by seven o'clock in the morning, we had as many cows as we could gathered mm -hmm. and we're trailing over to the uh, branding trap where, where we're going to start branding. Describe it from your end, from the videography end. Well, I observed from the relative safety of the helicopter as Chris uh, galloped <laughs> across the rocky landscape. No, I, I wisely chose the super telephoto as my gig. So I, I, I stayed within a, a very short distance of where I started as often as I could, I, I'd, I'd plant myself and, and do really long lens. I mean, finding you guys up on the ridgeline or the second or third ridgeline was no small task. You guys covered some ground. And uh, then it was a matter of trying to be there for the as you're pushing the, the cattle down, we're trying not to spook them and cause cause problems. Uh, and then uh, a little bit of drone work. So, yeah, um, it, it, it's uh, an amazing landscape to try to walk 20 or 30 feet across without screwing up your ankles. And uh, it, I, if, if my understanding was correct, it's so big that there's basically like almost like five ranch houses on it and five sets of uh, cowboys uh, out there working. There's, they're so far distance, like distant that they couldn't possibly, uh, cover the acreage and make it back to any semblance of camp. But, uh, mostly I just, uh, hung around with the cook and we talked about you a lot. He, he, I think he really, 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 really <laughs> liked you, Chris. He, he yelled at me for standing in the shade of his, uh, chuck wagon. Yeah, that's how we started our relationship. And, and then, uh, from there on, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was tense, but he always seemed to brighten up when you came around. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, um, the, the stuff, uh, stuff of the, there was some dehorning and some, uh, uh, branding and all of that stuff. So 
you 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 had double duty you were shooting no you were almost exclusively stills did you shoot any video clips at all chris did you uh, no i didn't yeah. um we had you know from the photography side of things once we found out what time or, or you know what our schedule was going to be for the remaining couple of days that we were there uh-huh. i think it kind of put us into overdrive you know yeah. making sure that we had everything prepared now we go out you know with the mindset you know we're going to take everything we can and and just be prepared for anything but once you finally get your working schedule then you know i don't know for me the rubber hits the ground one of the things that really helps me do my job and um, i'm a sponsor i'm an ambassador for this company is my um, uh, cotton carrier it's a g3 harness and it allows me to carry both cameras um you know I I use two bodies all the time. Mm-hmm. In environments like this, you can't afford to take the time to be swapping out lenses oh, and things no. like that. Mm-hmm. So my primary body is the R5 mm-hmm. matched with the RF 70 to 200. Mm-hmm. That one uh, is in the side holster of the G3 and the, the G3 harness wraps around me just it's just like a heart it's a vest and it clips in two different areas and where your cameras go they quarter turn it's a patented uh, quick uh, uh piece yeah it's a patented quick release for cotton carrier that you quarter turn the camera and it goes down in the holster and then it's locked in there mm-hmm. Um, so the long lens goes on my right hip and the, uh, short lens goes on my chest mm-hmm. on that particular, uh, lock. And that's because, uh, with a saddle horn, when you're going up, um, steep hills or something like that, the distance between your saddle horn, and your lens <laughs> shrinks and you know, gets yeah. incredibly close yeah. and you could, you could break a lens easily. So long lens on my hip and short lens on my chest and I'm able to carry my cameras no matter where I'm at. Now, when you're actually riding, it puts you top heavy to the right. So you're compensating by, I suppose you could put a weight over on your left-hand side to kind of compensate for that. But uh, I don't, um, I've been able to ride in almost, well, I've been able to ride in every environment that I've been put in, um, carrying my cameras and it allows me to, you know, to get the shots that I need, you know, the latitude to go where I want, when I want and get the shots that I need. Yeah. So that's been a tremendous help. Now does, does cotton carrier also pay for all of the uh, wound treatment for the giant bruise on your rib cage? Uh, they, they should come with a, an ice pack. I think, uh, I, 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 I caught you showing that, uh, bruise to everyone, even people who really didn't want to see it. But, uh, it was, I, I, th- I think you found the one thing there that, uh, uh, it can be problematic is the bouncing aspect if you're out there for just ever out forever. And that's, yeah, the, well, trotting is always a challenge, no matter what piece of equipment that you're using, yeah. um, wh- whether it's cotton carrying, you know, and that really doesn't, it's not you know, fair. It's, it's not fair to abuse yeah, them. I'm just dogpiling on them. Cause no, nah, nah, um, yeah, yeah. Trotting no matter what is is going to be problematic with your equipment. Uh, if you're not carrying your equipment, it's fine. You know, it's an efficient way to get around on the ranch. Um, 
as opposed to, you know, the old Westerns where everybody gallops everywhere. Yeah. Your, your horses, you're constantly running as fast as yeah. possible. Um, loping is, is beautiful. You know, absolutely nothing wrong with loping. Um, it, you know, you're, you're not banging up your side, your equipment's fine, but you know, just the synchronicity of trotting your, yeah. <laughs> I am. I, I, you know, I am tucking in my equipment to my side when I'm trotting yeah, yeah. just to make sure, reduce the vibration. Well, you know, and you mentioned uh, day one, we were out at oh, dark 30, but actually day one was the day we arrived. And when we were planning on sort of getting our acts together and <laughs> yes, chilling for a minute and uh, uh, <laughs> unleashing our, our charming personalities so that the following days would go well, but we came in. And we're immediately uh, informed that the people we needed to interview for the video, uh, several were available. So we had a mad scramble to find a uh, location uh, to do some audio and video recording. And uh, Stevie and I uh, whipped up a shooting situation. Had a we, we were armed with a couple of Canon C70s, which is how to describe it it's a, a body that is built in the horizontal format like a dslr but bigger and uh it it's uh got you know xlr inputs and all kinds of goodies to make it a proper cinema camera the c70 and it's the first of their uh cinema cameras to natively accept the rf lenses and then strangely through an adapter that's called a speed booster you can put on the ef lenses and it will increase their light gathering capability uh, the c70 is an aps-c sensor like you'd find in a 7d or any of the 60 70 80 90 d series cameras um APS-C is 18 by 24 rather than uh, 24 by 36 at full frame. And uh, so it normally gives you a lens magnification factor of about 50%. If you put a 50 millimeter lens on it, it's going to look about like a, a 75 millimeter. Uh, with this speed booster adapter that actually has optics in it, you retain the original focal length that you would see on full frame on this smaller sensor. So a 24 to 70 is still a 24 to 70, but instead of being an F2.8, it's now an F2. Our 70 to 200 on it would be a 70 to 200 F2, not a 2.8. Picks up a stop. So it's a fascinating hmm. camera to work with. And we were working with, uh, uh, Stevie was on gimbal and then we did some GoPro stuff. He, he was flying for some scenics and some overheads. Um, but man, we were right to work, uh, recording sound and, uh, lighting them up once again with our, uh, travel packages. I vaguely recall Stevie may have brought some of his Aperture stuff, or maybe we did it with entirely with my, uh, light and motion Stellas, but, uh, we put together a little setup and we were working before we had a, hardly our feet hit the ground. And then, uh, we did that some more, but, uh. <laughs> So it, it was a combination effort. The You, of course, covered, uh, I guess, 100% of the stills on it. And then uh, Stevie and I shot video. So there should be a nice video out there one of these yep. days. Hopefully we did a good good job of covering everything for them. 
You know, one of the other unique things, Bruce, about this particular ranch is that uh, all the cowboys are, re- you, you have to carry shoeing equipment. You have to carry a certain amount of farrier equipment with you because you're going to pop shoes all the time and you have to be uh, proficient enough to, you know, pull it off and put a new one back on for your horse. Um those horses are stout. Their confirmation is, you know, is one of, I say they're almost like bodybuilders. The horses that I was on, Stocky. my goodness, they are, they are some, Mountain they are goats. some capable, yeah, they are some capable horses, you know, and they going uphill or downhill across all of this unforgiving terrain, um, they do so, so confidently and it just, they put you there, um, meaning, meaning those horses know their job. They know, you know, they know where the others are. And um, there were a couple times where, uh, where I was on one of their horses, and I wanted to go one way, and the horse said, "No, we're not going that way." And as I, you know, as I backed off for a second, then here came one of the cowboys with a uh, with a few head through the brush. I'm like, "Okay, you got this, sure." You, I mean, you know what you're doing. This is your terror. This is your playground, not mine. Yeah. You know, you 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 know uh, where to put me. So that that was a real experience, you know, and I I can't thank. Uh, everybody enough there, you know, even working with you and Stevie Bruce, uh, you know, it's, it's just all the way around from the professional side of it, out doing a job, um, to the personal side of it, you know, you and I being able to share the same dirt and, uh, you know, do a job for, for something, uh, so prestigious as, as this, um, to, of course, the ranch, um, we, uh, I just can't say enough about, Jed and his wife, Holly, who's also a very accomplished photographer. Lovely out people. There. Um, Lovely people. Yeah. Yep. They, they yep. treated us extremely and, uh, well. Jane and her husband, um, just the, the ranch owners just, you know, they fed us every night and not just fed us, but my goodness, Lovely you know, the meals feast, that we yeah. had were, oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, um, Cindy and lewis and <laughs> the, the whole the whole the whole bunch and and some kids some uh really fine uh young adults uh there i forget the relationship of everybody there one of the funny things was we yeah. were going around at dinner kind of introducing ourselves you know and uh uh i said oh you know i i worked in in new york and shared a a loft with with a <laughs> glam rock band and the lady that on the ranch goes which one and she got like super excited and wasn't she like a roadie or the sound tech for stevie wonder and that's and right a, a yeah. bunch of musicians it's like this proper ranch matriarch you know just picture the proper ranch matriarch very tastefully turned out with some uh, turquoise and stuff. And suddenly the conversation turns to the New York 1970s glam rock scene of which she was a, a, a member in, in high status. It was, it was pretty hilarious. Yep. I was not expecting yep. that. I was not expecting that. So, yeah. Yeah. To, you know, to all the cowboys that, um, uh, you know, Jed and Pat and Wendell and Wade and Connor, all, all these guys and, and those that I'm missing, you know, we, we appreciate your patience with us while we're out there. And, um, uh, you know, 
representing you guys, you know, taking pictures and, and, uh, and letting us ride beside you for the few days that we were there with you. Uh, we sure enjoyed it. I know, you know, we left with, uh, with full hearts. That's for darn sure. And I got a ORO baseball cap and I, I, a couple of the cowboys recognized my Jeep from in town when they slipped into town for what guys slip into town for, <laughs> I guess. And, um, uh, now, now I, I'm going to be hanging out on Whiskey Row being me, but with an ORO hat. And I'm going to see how long it takes before <laughs> one of them decides to take the hat back, you know? <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a, a marvelous experience. I was amazed, uh, to, know that such a place was so close to uh, what passes for civilization here in Prescott because it, it, it is a, a magnificent place, you know, got its own mountain range for crying out loud. And uh, what'd they say? How many uh, air, aircraft uh, um, wreckage sites are there on there? A dozen, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had F-22s yeah, flying mean, over doing w- wing yeah. wiggles and, it's, uh, you know, I think if there was some place that there would be visitations from another planet, I'd bet on the ORO. It's nice, quiet country out there, and they could have a, have a nice steak dinner and, you know, go off and find somebody in New Jersey to probe. Just, just maybe, you know, maybe a vacation spot for space aliens. Well, getting, uh, getting this story done, you know, the stories behind the images uh, look for an article in the upcoming journal, American Quarter Horse Journal, about Best Bermuda winner, uh, the ORO. Um, I think that's going to be published October, November, I, I believe, is a time frame. So uh, watch for that. And then, of course, the video as well. And we'll, we will keep you updated when when that does get published, and we'll put it on our page as well. But, um, yeah, yeah another stories behind the images are amazing. Another, another, uh, thumbs, big, hearty two thumbs up to Richard Chamberlain, a uh, writer who, uh, has gone to many great ranches. And, and, uh, we came to understand this was a major, major, uh, you know, high point for him to be able to be out there. And we were just really yep. happy to be able to, uh, help him with, uh, his interviews of the various, uh, ran- the ranch owners and the ranch personnel. It was, uh, educational and, uh, I, I sure am glad places like that still exist and, uh, really looking forward to reading Richard's words. Yep. And with that, Bruce, we have, uh, we've talked ourselves to the dry status. So we got to hop back in and, uh, marinate just a little bit more in some vinegar. Sounds good. Sounds good, my brother. All right, you guys. We are uh, we are the Mega Pickles, the underscore Mega Pickles on Instagram, and the dash Mega Pickles on Anchor.fm. Make sure to leave us a voicemail or leave us a comment or send us a direct message. We would love to hear from you. Until the next time, my friend Bruce, let's go. Later, Gator.